The Open Pantry Podcast is a hospitality podcast where I interview people within the hospitality industry about both their lives in and outside the industry. Hey, I'm Sean DeVries and I'm your host. I hope you really enjoy these episodes. My podcast aims to show that the thing that links all people in hospitality is a want to be creative, support each other and always do better. I really hope you enjoy the episode, so make sure you subscribe and always leave me some feedback. Enjoy. Welcome to the Open Pantry Podcast for yet another episode. Fantastic to have you listening as always. So thank you for tuning in. Uh, fantastic to have the founder, CEO of Let's Eat Group, which incorporates the Let's Eat app, Chris Stefanowski. How are you, Chris? Yeah, pretty good. Mate. <laughs> How are you going? I'm very you well. <laughs> mate, I'm, you know what? Sometimes when I, when I get into when I get into periods of like trying to really think about someone's name, it's it's um it sometimes make it come out worse. So there you go. <laughs> um, but but great to have you on the show. I've actually um before connecting with you last week, I've actually known about uh, Let's Eat for a couple of months and understood um you know what's going on in this space. For those people who don't. Um, haven't heard of Let's Eat as an app before and really what it's about. Do you want to just run them through what the Let's Eat app is about and why you started it? Yeah, look, I mean, um, you know, I, I worked in, in, in corporate for, for a long time. Um, yeah, that's my background. And, and, and it got to a point coming from a culture of, um, you know, family, food, friends, gatherings, um, you know, had quite a, a, a great deal of success uh, over over a long time, and and you know, you get to a stage where you go, you know, um, enough's enough. And just for me personally, just looking at family, the kids were growing up. I didn't have access to really, really good food. That's that's you know, like mums, your grandmas, um, you know, unprocessed, um, natural, organic. The dad grew his own garden. Mm. You know. Moved away, and, and and the wife had her own business and, and wasn't into cooking. So, you know, how do I look after the kids? How do I eat well? You know, I, I need to stop going to mum's all the time. So, <laughs> um, in the end, growing up with that culture, it was just inbred in me. And uh, to me, there was, you know, a, a thought that, you know, homemade food, well, why can't I be knocking on someone's door? Or why can't I, you know, around the corner, around the neighborhood, have access to someone that does great local food? Yes. Um, and really, that's where it was born from. It started from, all right, you know, if, if you know, I love paella. Um, in the northern suburbs of Melbourne, there's no Spanish restaurants. Mm. Um, there's Spanish people living in the neighbourhood. And I'm sure they're doing pa- paella as their staple diet every night. And, Absolutely. And why can I access that? Mm. So that's really where it was born from, you know, having access to, to that sort of food. So, so the app uh, was developed with that in mind. Um, and the idea is that it gives... You know, anyone that's a great cook, a chef, professional, um, you know, even a food vendor of any sort, an opportunity, a platform um, to showcase their food, to, you know, transact, to, to make it available to, to any consumers direct. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's where it stemmed from. Um, and as times evolve, then we might get into this conversation soon. Yeah. But, you know, uh, the, the app's become an enabler too. Um, so, you know, it was never, 
in the mindset for, for, for any food vendors or restaurants. But, um, you know, it, it was really all about the food, the hero. You know, what's that one dish that that one, you know, chef, cook, you know, star does that he has got no, that, that there's no platform and exposure to. Um, yes. And, and that's really what I did. I, I left the corporate world. Um, you know, I built this from scratch, became a tech developer myself, dealing with these developers. Um, Toing and throwing, um, and brought some good people into the business. Mm-hmm. Um, namely, you know, one of those, uh, you know, Simon Rossi, ex Uber Eats head. Um, yeah. He ran the business here for a good four or five years, very successfully. Um, he's aligned with everything that Let's Eat provides um, and does. And, you know, he's, he's on our board, and, and I've got a couple of other, you know, senior business people too. Mm-hmm. So, Right now, the, the app is, uh, is, is an enabler for, for anyone to make that marketplace opportunity, you know, uh, work. Mm-hmm. I, like to, I like to often talk to founders about why they started and they remember the pivotal moment in why they started. Like you've obviously just said you came out of corporate life to start this and I imagine it wasn't something you just slept on and decided to do the next day. You probably would have been thinking about this kind of concept for a little bit of time. No, no, it's just, it was, it was the, oh, definitely. I mean, you know, back in, in, in the late 2009, 10s, it's, you know, it was when I wasn't getting access to great food. I mean, you, you cannot eat restaurant takeaway food all the time. Um, mm. Someone like Simon actually trialled it because he was part of Uber and, and, and he said, I, I did it in Japan and, and, and tried it for a week, <laughs> every single and And he goes, it's, you, can't, you cannot do it. You cannot do it. Um, so, you know, and, and that's really where it comes from. Um, it's, it's having access to, to fresh produce. Um, you know, if you look at the app, the, the app is, is established in, in three different sections. It's, 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 uh, it's meals, produce and events. But the produce side is, you know, the ability to, to share, you know, farmer's market style foods, yes. um, give them a space. Um, but, you know, really, it's, um, the, the career took a turn because, uh, you know, I was quite successful with, with what I was doing in, in, in corporate. And, um, you know, food, food was just uh, an opportunity to, to uh, you know, um, make a stance on, on an exact, you know, to, to make, have people uh, provide them with access um, to, to great foods. And, and as I said, the great produce and, you know, the um, non-style cooking. You know, the connotation has always been, why can't I, you know, you know, uh, have access to an honours lasagna or something? Um, yeah, of course. That- Makes complete sense, right? <laughs> um, so explain to me what's happened for your business over the last two months since COVID's really hit because we've obviously had a hospitality industry which is um, largely on its knees. A lot of people, you know... Um, <laughs> out of work, a lot of chefs out of work, a lot of people who work in food out of work, um, the rise of delivery apps exponentially, sometimes just to keep venues alive. Like what's, what's actually happened to your app since this is COVID has hit? Well, we've got a lot more inquiries uh, in regards to that. Um, what, what you've seen obviously is, you know, so many chefs out of work, mm. uh, you know, so many cooks and chefs and so many businesses out, out of work and, and, the opportunity here is is for that individual to, to take stage and yes. you know do you do something right? We've got guys that are you know ex chefs are doing you know sourdoughs and breads um, 
and Italian biscotti and, um, you know, vegans out there doing some cakes and, and so on. Um, you know, it's really giving a platform to, to those, you know, that, that are out of work. Um, and aside from that, it's also giving, you know, um, you know, all the, like restaurants, they, they basically, you know, made a turn to, you know, go pick up and delivery. They changed their model. You know, 90% of their business has dropped because it was all based on walk-ins. Yes. They Uber Eats and Deliveroo and all those platforms before. Um, so the other play with the app is that here is something uh, um, that you can actually use immediately and have access to your customers. Mm. Um, you know, the, the app can almost be molded as, as, as their own app and, and showcase whatever food it is. One thing it doesn't do, it doesn't give you a, a, an array of, you know, 20, 30 different items. Yes. It focuses on two or three great things, you know, mm. maybe four or five. But what are your best sellers? So a takeaway or a restaurant can, it can create some efficiencies out of that. Mm-hmm. They can, uh, you know, get onto the app and this gives them direct connection with their consumers. So they, they're able to um, take their orders, take payments, initiate payments, uh, accept orders if, the, if, it's, if it's potentially able. I mean, if someone's ordering from, you know, two hours away, no. Yes. But it's really a localised version. Um, you know, it's, it's a localised app that basically you know, picks up geographically where they are. So if they're in a particular area, only the, only the local consumers in that area will see them as first. So if you're in yeah. Thornbury, all your Thornbury residents will, will make your, uh, will be available to you. Mm-hmm. So Thornbury residents can, so basically the, the, uh, the, the restaurants can use that as an enabler to, to, you know, instead of using websites. At the moment, most of them are trying to build their own websites, trying to build their own portal, um, you know, trying to get a payment gateway going and it's not working. Um, you know, the, the thing is they're creating flow just to their website. They're, 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 there's costs involved, um, there's expenditure, there's marketing. So they're all driving business to one area and that's their website. Mm. What the app does, it creates a market um, for all these guys to be on that one platform to control the connection with your customers to not lose track of that, because if you if you if you're with Uber Eats, Uber Eats owns your customer. Yes. You, you cannot. You don't. Uh, you don't have a, a an opportunity to talk to these guys mm-hmm. uh, and to reorder or to remarket back to them. Um, so, you know, they're all delivery platforms. What this is is, is like a shop front mm-hmm. and and creating your own um, marketplace. Um, and then you know, with with more players in the market and more vendors on board and more cooks providing food is obviously going to be more consumers. And with more consumers, there's more choice. Mm. Um, and, you know, the, the, the app takes away the, the, the ability to really need, you know, the idea to, to really have your own portal and you have your own website. Um, it is that in one. Yeah, it's really simplistic. It's easy to use. Um, you know, I'm on it at the moment. It's really, really good. So, um, Your scones. My scones. Let's, let's talk about it. Let's talk about that at the end. Um, I, how hard is it for you as a founder with a really great product to get cut through with restaurants and even with people, maybe not so much with people who are, you know, making food at home because they're probably a bit more open to it. But especially with restaurants, with I've seen, and I'm sure you have seen a lot of different apps um, try to contact restaurants and talk to restaurants about, you know, doing delivery or doing pickup services underneath different apps and different yeah. platforms and that kind of stuff. Like, 
I'm curious what a consumer is thinking at the moment is to, you know, how to, how to decipher what is best for me as a consumer to buy. And also now I'm thinking that people have more time to think about it. What's actually best for that restaurant or cafe to provide as well, because as a percentage model, right? Because your percentage model that you guys take is extremely low and yeah. But well, that's because they, they also, just to that point, they, they own the delivery and take the fee for delivery. Yes. And that's one thing we've seen COVID do. Mm. Um, and a lot of restaurants say, I don't want to pay the 35% with all these other delivery platforms. Mm. Um, and as I said, they don't own the customer. This way, they directly engage. They know exactly who they're delivering to. And a lot of them have given work to their, to their staff to go yes. to deliveries. Mm. And they want to take ownership of that. And maybe that, that's, that, maybe that might be the new way. That, that might be for some of them the way to go. Yeah. Um, and the create efficiencies only have a few options that, that provide that delivery mechanism. Um, you know, I mean, there's, it's a two-pronged attack here. It's, it's, it is a restaurant play, but not in the sense, you know, where you've got, you know, 10 plus menu items, you know, yes. you've got your pipeline about 50 plus. Mm. This is really going back to that simple cook or that simple vendor that's got, you know, as I said, two, three, four, five. If it's a restaurant and you, and you want to think smart and want to think out of the box and create your own traffic, which they're already doing, yes. you're leaving the door open, but people are calling in for phone orders mm. and then someone's emailing orders through and mm. then someone's got something coming through the website. Mm. You're capturing three different energies there and you know, you've, you've got very inefficient. Um, you know, mm. very inefficient. You know, if, if, if the world was a great place and everyone was on the app, then it's just a one-stop shop. Yes. And, and, and that's really the play, you know, all things for food. Mm. Uh, yeah. The thing I really like about um, your platform, Chris, is the fact that the fact that it is simplistic, the fact that it is around two or three different, you know, menu items and that kind of stuff. And obviously your, your platform's built around home cooks and um, the, the power of someone being local and that communication and, that authenticity, like I can see that's where the app is playing to and that's important. But obviously yeah. with restaurants coming on board and, you know, only probably putting two or three items or four items or five items as a max on there, do you think that's going to work in reverse in the hospitality industry from now what you've known over the last um, so many times with your app into restaurants and cafes becoming more simplistic with their menus because they realise that, the money is really paid in three or four items in their actual menu. Well, that's right. I mean, I, 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 and that's where, you know, we think the efficiencies are uh, in that particular area. Um, you know, I mean, I've never ran a restaurant or, or, or a cafe business, um, mm. but I'm passionate about food and I think food needs to be front and centre here. Yeah. Um, people buy the particular item. That's fair enough. You can make adjustments to that. But, you know, if... I think if you're looking at, you know, the, the, the opportunity to, to showcase a minimal amount and create efficiencies out of that, yeah. I think that's, that's the massive benefit here because the, the, the play is that, you know, if you're always doing just lasagna, mm. then, you know, efficiencies and, 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 and you might make the best one out. Um, you know, if, if you're doing just a paella, it, 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 you know, the same thing. I mean, yes, there should be the option to have a couple more items, but um, yeah, I think yeah, I, I think um, it really depends on, on, on each vendor, each mm -hmm. owner, what, what the play is. 
What have you seen some of the trends, food trends in the actual app itself? What's started to become popular over these last couple of months that maybe weren't before? Um, I mean, everything's really taken a good, good, good hit. Um, what, what I have seen is probably some, got a couple of manufacturers on, you know, mm. that, that are small. They just do one particular product. Mm. Um, you know, manufacturers of pastries that do one line. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a market for them. Um, you know, otherwise people have to find these in the delis, um, you know, at markets um, and such. So that's been a bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the hot food, the, the ready-to-go meals, mm-hmm. um, probably a little bit slower, but it because it needs it needs it needs um, uh, I suppose both both efforts. It, you, yeah. you, need, you need the food restaurants and that to realise that we've got to be ready to go. Mm. But there's also a play with, you know, marketing and, and budgets and it's really, you know, it, it's, each, it's each business's, um, you know, call to, to and, and really push and, and you know, to, to really fund this and, and, and make it work for them. Mm-hmm. But what our, our answer, and, and I suppose where we're heading um, above and beyond this down the track is the, is the fact that whichever areas we see have got high volume and, mm-hmm. and the big picture for us is that, Restaurants, probably the way we've known them, might not be around for too long. Mm. Um, there's already many, you know, um, you know, uh, long song and long grain, 15 years in business, you know, just right? Shut, mm. right? Shut their doors. How many of those are there, you know, in the next few months that might fold? Mm. Um, what we're seeing is that we think the game's going to change a little bit. And, and what we want to do is look at who's, who, who's got high volume in our, in our, uh, um, in our app, and then provide them with, match them with kitchens. So mm-hmm. provide them with a facility. Um, they might be starting at home, they might be in restaurants, but the restaurants probably, the, it's the capital, the leasing, the staff, it's not gonna work for them. All right, well, let's take you offline. You know, let's take you out of that capital, heavily capital um, intensive game, mm-hmm. and let's move you onto an online platform. Mm-hmm. And that for us might look like, you know, um, a situation where in different, we, we're calling them kitchen hubs, where in particular, you know, regions around Melbourne, let's say, for example, um, you'll have a hub, a warehouse of, you know, 10, 15 kitchens. Yes. That each restaurant occupies one kitchen mm-hmm. and you know, has their, you know, their, their, their dishes from there. Mm-hmm. Um, takes away all the costs, all the capital, um, and might give them a very similar return mm-hmm. um, in profit because yeah. you don't have all those overheads. So that's... That's what we're looking at. Um, we're right still in you know, infancy sort of stage. I mean, yes, we've been around for a little while. Yes, we've got a, a substantial amount of users and um, cooks and, and, and you know, uh, vendors coming on board. Mm-hmm. But the play doesn't end here. We're building to a point where, okay, anyone who has an idea, who has a great concept or food, uh, a creation, here's your platform mm-hmm. for nothing. Mm-hmm. It's free to log on. It's free to start. Pitch, pitch, you know, take a pick, leave your food there, showcase it, and let's see who buys. Yep. Um, from there, you start getting a little bit of traction and some volume. And then, if it's really, you know, it's it, it's of a higher standard, and, and we think it's a really good seller, the next phase is we'll match you with the kitchen, we'll provide you and, and build you the infrastructure. Great idea. Uh, and that's where we think the restaurant game might go. Yep. Um, you know, that's, 
I can't envisage the, 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 the same scenario you know, next year um, with people still in this mindset today. Yeah. yeah, look, I totally agree. And I've, um, the last, it's funny you mentioned that the last couple of months I've talked with a couple of different people about an incubator kind of model or, you know, um, obviously you're talking about a dark kitchen or ghost kitchen, what people might want to, um, call it in certain parts of the world where they're living. Um, but the, the obvious point is with especially wages in Australia and, um, with a large majority of the listener base, um, in America listening to this as well, where wages, uh, wages are on the rise. Um, and rightly so the cost of the cost of labor in hospitality is extraordinary. Um, if you're not busy all the time, and obviously we're talking about a business which is busy during, you know, three parts of the day, usually for six hours of the day and you're trading for 15 to 20 of those hours. Um, so I think a model like that will make a lot of sense. Um, and, and also the major reason that'll make a lot of sense as well is because delivery is not going to go away now. People have been um, more conditioned to it the last two months than they ever had before. And uh, it'll become a part of people's model and it depends whether you're high value model, it'll, it'll be, uh, you know, it'll be a higher percentage of your, of your sale. And if you're a, um, a, a high, uh, high cost per item um, brand, then it's probably less, but it will still be part of your brand. So delivering how you get your, your, um, uh, your product in customers hands has never been more important. Uh, I yeah. think. Um, do you think as well, I thought um, the last week since we talked that uh, a, um, an app like Let's Eat is really important for brands and people who are starting to get some traction in their home home um, home kitchens to actually trial products for the first time that they've never properly released just to see if there's an appetite for, for it before they put it into some sort of commercial you know, operation? <laughs> Yep. Well, that, that's exactly the purpose of Let's Eat. I suppose that's what it was born from. Um, mm. you, you do something great. Um, you know, you don't really have a platform. Your, your decision is, okay, we're, we're providing to a lot of people around the area that know us, want to take the next level. Um, how do we do that? You know, uh, we need capital, we need this, you know. And so for them, it's a, it's, 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 it's a big play, you know, to move into, you know, being pretty decent. Do they start a food truck? Um, yeah. Where do they, you know... Where do they reside, um, or do they open up a restaurant and open the doors? And you know, in today's environment, will that work? So, mm -hmm. that's exactly where Let's Eat fits in. Um, you know, to that play, you you know, you've got something great. Um, here's a platform trial it. Mm -hmm. You know, put it on. As long as your kitchen's been registered at home, uh, as long as you've spoken to your council, mm -hmm. um, you've ticked the box. From there, if you start getting into commercial volumes, which is you know, a fair amount each day. I mean, when you start, that's not going to happen. That's when we take and we have a good discussion and we, and we start helping you out. But it's the perfect platform. There's no cost. There's no, there's no, there's almost no loss for them. Um, yeah. You know, the opportunity is to showcase it and as the consumer base grows, you know, and it really depends who you're targeting. Um, you know, to us, there's so many different cultures of foods. Um, you know, the, the Jewish community, the, you know, the, the, the Kiwis with their honey. And yes. who, who, who wouldn't want to try that? Um, someone doing it. Is someone, does someone want to commercialise that and make a business out of it? You know, I, I've spoken about the Pialas, but, um, you know, is someone doing a better beef biryani than the ones that they've got out there? Mm -hmm. um, the Turkish Goslemes, um, 
whatever it might be. You know, the Persians, do they have a market? Um, so it really, really varies. I mean, to me, to me, this is a, you know, food's all about culture. Once upon a time, it all started at home. And, and you know, and, and that's how, you know, restaurants evolved and, and all that. So it's really trying to bring it back to the basics. And if you have got something great, then talk to us. Um, if you have got something that you think is the next best, best thing, here's your platform. Yeah. Um, and, and that's the idea. And you can trial that, you can, you know, and, and, and you can see what bites. Um, and, and from there, really, um, the world's your oyster. I mean, we, we take it from there. There is no other platform to give, you know, anyone that sort of opportunity. Everything that's, that's out there at the moment is either delivery mechanism, mm-hmm. um, you know, looking after restaurants and takeaways. Yes. But look after, looking after sort of the founders of that, where it was mm. born from. Good. And that was the one that started from home and went, you know, I do beautiful cupcakes, now I've got my own shop. Yes. Um, you know, so it's that scenario, but it's that, it's that gap from, from when they started that first cupcake to getting into a shop. How long did that cycle take? What investment did it take? What confidence did it take for you to get into that? Yes. And nine out of 10 times, most people walk away. They probably do better cupcakes. And it's only that one out of 10 because they've got the capital and the backing and the know-how and resources and the right people behind them that, that you know, that, that, that are out there now and they're the brands you see out there. Yeah. But how many brands have, have gone, you know, without notice? Mm. That will probably, you know, that are great. So, mm. you know, I think that's, that, that's my passion, bringing that out. Because I've seen it in, in my own culture. I've seen it with, with friends and family. Um, you know, there's better cooks at home and that, that you sit around family and friends tables that then you would eat outdoors or, you know, eat indoors. 100%. Um, mm. This makes know, a lot of sense. We all, love, we all love that connection to it. And it's not, you know, creating a home cook. It's just, it's just who's the next entrepreneur? It mm. could be the Gen Y's and Z's. It's not necessarily the nonners, you know, or, or, or the, you know, um, you know, the mid-aged. It, it, it could be someone up and coming. Yeah. Um, just doing something great that's creative, that, that's come out of school, that's come out of their ship, um, license, and, and, you know, they don't have a platform. They don't have mm. a job. Um, mm. But they do something amazing. Yeah, and it could be so. That's um, definitely fills that gap. Definitely. So my last question to you, Chris, is like, where do you think the brand will go next? Obviously, you've you know you've got a good stakeholder in Melbourne and and uh, and that kind of thing. Like, where are you guys planning to take it? You obviously talked about dark kitchens as well. Is that the next sort of play for you guys as you move forward? Yeah, we don't like using the word dark, but um, <laughs> you know, it, it, it is a, a collective kitchen play. Cool. Um, but that, that is definitely a, another step down the track. Um, there's obviously Sydney, uh, that's next on our agenda, mm-hmm. um, and other states. But we do also have in duplicate um, a, another opportunity in, in, um, in Philippines. Uh, cool. We're about to look there in the next, in the next month. Mm-hmm. Um, Philippines is 125 million plus. Yes. It will come to home cooking, um, you know, and... Um, you know, we, we've, we've got some people up there that are um, ready to launch. So, you know, that's the Asian market. You know, we're in Australia, which is probably one of the most difficult Western markets to crack. Yes. Um, you know, um, Uber Eats came here because they saw Australia was one of the most diverse, you know, food cultural destinations mm-hmm. in the world. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, one of their first stops outside of uh, the US. Mm-hmm. So I think, 
we've got a good play going because because you know we're getting some traction. We 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 you know making a little bit of noise now. People are noticing. Um, we've got some really good you know we call them sellers on board because you know we're, we're, whether whether it's a you manufacture a product whether it's mm-hmm. um, ready to go meal whether it's a farmer's market produce um, mm-hmm. we've got the ability to to you know use the platform mm-hmm. uh, whether you do a cooking class um, yeah you know, there's an to use the app too so you know um, the future's bright for us and, and and the momentum's really picked up in in these last few months um, a lot more notice and we're excited by both journeys, the Australian one and the Philippines one. Yeah, it's exciting times. Yeah. What's um What's the best way that people can get on the platform and find out about Let's Eat, Chris? Yeah, they can just go to the App Store. Um, the only uh, uh, an unfortunate, I suppose, thing at the moment is it's not on Android. Yeah. Um, choose one 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 platform, and, mm-hmm. and it was the App Store for now. Mm-hmm. Um, with uh, with that, so just download Let's Eat Homemade. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, just just sign up. It, you know, there's no cost to it. You can browse and see what's what's available, mm-hmm. um, and it's very easy then to become a seller. Mm-hmm. Where um, you know our backend platform is Stripe, so you know as soon as you want to post something and and and, and put something out there, one, one of your great foods, um, then it's a matter of just going through the process and you know putting in your price, your pick, and you know, and then it's incumbent on you to d- decide whether you want to offer delivery or pickup. Yep. You might, you know, you might think, well, you know, I'll just, I'll just offer pickup at the moment, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, you wait for your orders. So as soon as the customer orders, it's then, you know, you, you'll, you'll get their address as soon as you accept that order. Yep. Um, if you offer stuff for delivery, you can charge a fee for delivery, and mm-hmm. and it's depending on you whether mm-hmm. it's five, ten, ten dollars. It's it's really your choice. But again, that's your income. Um, so you know, with um, you, you'll make that choice. You can either offer, offer both and um, watch your orders come in. Once your orders come in, you need to accept or decline. And we, we put a decline in there because, you, you, you know, you might be, you know, three hours away. Um, yeah. Or you yeah. might be soft. Um, but there's also a messaging feature where you can speak to the seller and the buyer so they can engage, you know, prior to, you know, the, uh, the purchase. Mm-hmm. Um, so it gives them an ability. So, so we're putting the power back in the hand of, of, of you know, the seller and the buyer. They're the two people creating this marketplace. You know, if I want something like your, your beautiful scones, <laughs> then I want to make free to deliver them, you know, on Saturday for, for the next party I'm having or whatever it might be. So, yeah, you know, um, the ability is really, it's, it's, it's your platform as, as a seller. So, um, yeah, beautiful. they can do that. That's all it needs. Cool. And I know firsthand um, how responsive you are and um, how easy the, uh, the platform is to use from a, from a customer experience and a UX experience. So I uh, appreciate that. And uh, wish you the best of luck. I'm sure this brand will grow very quickly. So thank you so much, Chris, for being on the podcast today. Thanks. Thanks, Sean. Appreciate your time. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of the Open Pantry Podcast. I hope you really enjoyed it. As always, please look in the bio of this podcast and always Send me a voicemail message. I'd love to know what you think of the podcast or just follow us on Instagram under Open Pantry Consulting. Until next time, stay well.